Okay, so today's learning should be Lezecha Nishmas, Hinda Bas Yosef Tzvi, Gila Bas Shloiman, Leib Bas Afraim, Yaakov Mitrak Fagba Levi, Sarli Bas Shmuel Tzvi, Ochon Ben Pesach, Tvar Yech Bas Rabbi Shur, Rav Avim Ben Baruch, and Rav Shloiman Yehudas Bas Miriam. We're going to pick it up from Daf Nun Beis Amid Beis. The bottom line: the Mishnah described damages that are called Hezek She'enay Nikar. You metamis someone's kalim or food, or you mix in truma with their fruit, it's called medame. So these are forms of damaging where it's not clear that you're damaging them. Then the Mishnah, one of the examples of the Mishnah was minaseach, which means to, in, involves yayinesach, it involves wine that you can't drink. There was a machlegis rav in Shmuel, whether it means actual yayinesach, like you actually put your hands in and made it idolatrous wine. And Shmuel says, no, it's just you mixed in non-kosher wine into kosher wine. So we said the reason why um, Shmuel doesn't like Rav is because he said, if you're actually making a Yayanesach, that's Avodazar, it's Chayev Misa, Kim Lebederamine, you shouldn't have to pay. Because if you did it on purpose, you have to pay. Rav says, no, it's talking about a case where you picked it up to steal it, that's when you're obligated money, and then you put your hands in to make a Yayanesach, so it's not exactly at the same time. Okay. So the Gemara picking up from the bottom line, Nun Bezim and Bez. Laman Domer Menaseach, Rav, who says that it's actual Yayanesach, my time Why does he not like the pshat of Shmuel that it's mixing non-kosher wine into kosher wine? So the Gemara says, Amrloch, Rab responds, Ma'ariv, Hainu Medame. He says the reason why Menasech is not going to be uh, the case of mixing non-kosher and kosher is because that's exactly the case of Medame. Medame is where you mix Truma into Chulin. So in essence, from my perspective as a non-koyin, it's taking kosher and non-kosher and mixing it together. So that's the exact same thing. Why would the Mishnah repeat itself and give two examples when it seems to be uh, unnecessary? So it must be, Shmuel, uh, Shmuel understood, uh, Rab understood, that it must be Minaseach is an actual Yayanesach, and therefore it's a different case. The Idach, how does Shmuel respond? If it's Taka just mixing in non-kosher and kosher, then isn't that the same as Medame? The answer is Kanasahu. The answer is this entire Mishnah is a Knas, meaning... Our Mishnah, as we'll see in a moment, it follows the viewpoint that really you're not obligated to pay at all for this stuff because it's Hezek Shein and Nikar Loshmei Hezek, which means really you're not obligated to pay for this. This is a penalty from the rabbis that if you did this on purpose, we'd penalize you. So because it's a penalty, each case is unique. We don't compare penalties. Yes, one case is mixing truma and chulin, one case is mixing non-kosher and kosher wine. I would assume they're the same, but anytime you deal with penalties, you need to actually speak it out that these penalties are unique, that these penalties are comparable. Because if not for that, you would not be able to medama. You can't compare penalties to penalties. Therefore, the Mishnah spoke out. They are very similar, but they're all penalties, so the Mishnah decided to speak it out. Ulman diol of knasa Now, Rav, who does, um, who does feel that you could compare knasos, that's why he doesn't like to say that Minaseach is mixing non-kosher and kosher. He feels that it is comparable. So, Kalani Lameli. The truth is, according to Shmuel, you can't compare Knossos. Therefore, the Mishnah had to speak out each case. But according to Rab, that you do compare Knossos, then why can't I just figure it out? Just give me a rule. If I damage someone in a way that's not clear, I have to pay, if it's not on purpose. Why do you have to speak out Metame, Medame, Minaseach? Why do you need all three? Tell me the rule, and I'll, I'll be able to apply it. According to Shmuel, you can't compare, but according to Rab, you can. So, why do you need all three? So the Gemara says, Sricha, you need all three. Why? Ditan and Let, Let's analyze if all we had was metama, which means I cause impurity. Now, there two, could be two cases of metama. 
I could be metame truma or I could be metame chulin. Now, if I'm metame chulin, eat truma, let's say I'm metame truma, that's the case of the Mishnah. If that was the only thing, haba amina mishum to come gamri. You see, if you're metame truma, you really make it inedible according to anybody. You see, the only one who could eat truma is a kayan, and once it's tame, no one could eat it. So I would say that's what you have to pay because you completely made it inedible to anybody. But but by the way, if you're metame, let's say chulin, I would say maybe it's okay because because uh, it's still edible to non kohanim. The imetame chulin. If the case of the Mishnah is where you actually caused chulin to become tame, I would say mishum to aser ligram tumas lechulin shabarit yisrael. The halacha is you're not allowed to cause uh, food to become tame. That's it's an iser. So I would say that's what you have to pay because you did an iser avomidameya. But when it comes to mixing truma into non truma, now there's no tuma here. It just makes it that non-Kohanim can't eat it. So there is still a market value. It's still edible to Kohanim. So I would say, aim low. I would say maybe you don't have to pay for that because you didn't violate any prohibition and it's still edible. And if all the Mishnah said is that you have to pay when you mix truma into non-truma, because that's very common. Apparently that was a common... Um, people, I guess, would do this more than Metama because it involved no Isurim. So it was more of a common occurrence. But when it comes to contaminating, which is not common, I would say maybe it's not a problem. You don't have to pay. And if you said those two, I would say because there's no there's no death penalty. But in a case of making a wine libation where you actually did idolatry, where in many cases there is because you're going to get the death penalty, maybe you don't have to pay. Is that you do have to pay because we're following, as he said yesterday, the cases where you lifted it up to steal it, to, to, to put, make it Yayanesach, so you're chayiv for picking it up, then you put your hand in to make it Yayanesach moments later, so it's not at the same time, so there's no Kim Lebed but that's why you need all three. So that's the evolution. It's You need Metame, and then you need even a Medame, and then even Menaseach. The problem is, have a different version. They actually say that not all three were instituted at the same time. They originally said they only have to pay for a metame Then they added midameya. So now that doesn't make any sense, because we were saying that it's metame is the most poshit, then midame is a bigger chiddush, then minaseach is the biggest chiddush, but according to this, midame is the biggest chiddush, so now, how do you understand that? So Gemara says, I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll say it as we see it inside. The chiddush of midamea is that um, it's not a very big loss, because it still has a market value. You could still sell it to Kohanim. You see, midame, you completely lost its its market value. Minaseach also, you lost its market value. You can't benefit from it. Midamea has a market value, so it's the least financial loss, so that's why it's a biggest chiddush according to this version. Tzricha. Diashmin metameh, if only had metameh, they have to pay mishum to likim deramine, because there's no death penalty. Al menaseh to kim deramine, menaloi, but menaseh, which has kim deramine, which has a death penalty, maybe you don't have to pay. Diashmin menaseh. And if it just had menaseh mishum to come after the gamri, I would say, yeah, menaseh, see, out of all the losses, menaseh is the most loss, because you have zero use for it. Can't sell it, can't use it, can't at all. Metameh, if you're actually metameh truma, while no one could eat it, you could actually use it as fuel. So it still has some market value. So let's say, Menaseach, you lose 100% of it. Mitame, you probably lose 85%. It still has a 50% market value. And Mitame has like a 50% market value. So, Yashmin Menaseach, Mishun to Kamasa Lagamri, Mitame to Lemasa Lagamri, Yashmin Atari, Mishun to Hepsim Arubat. It's a large financial loss. Mitame to Hepsim Muat, 
but when it comes to medameh, which is a small loss, maybe you should have to, you shouldn't have to pay tzrichadetsi and need all three. Okay. Now here's the question. In our Mishnah, we said that if you cause a hezek sheno nikr, you only pay when it's bemezed, not by bishogig. There's two ways to look at it. I could look at it as hezek sheno nikr shmei hezek, and really I should pay by both. And we're lenient that you don't have to pay by shogig for whatever reason. Or I could say hezek sheno nikr lo shmei hezek. And really, you shouldn't have to pay at all, and it's a penalty. So is it that mazid is a penalty, but you really don't have to pay at all? Or you have to pay always, and shogeg, you don't have to pay as a leniency? That's the, the question, how do you look at it? So it's a machlokas. Amr Chizkiya. Chizkiya says, Torah, on a biblical level, Really, when you cause damage that's not visible, whether it's beshoging or mazid, on a biblical level, you have to pay. My time. Hezeshin and nikr hezek, because it's considered a hezek. So why is it that if you did it on by accident, you don't have to pay? It's a rabbinic leniency, we want you to tell the guy. You see, if you have to pay, you're not going to tell the guy. So let's say you're, you're Tameh, you accidentally bump his, his apples. Now, it was accident. So if you have to pay, you're not going to tell him. You're going to be embarrassed, you're going to be like, eh. But if you don't have to tell him, if you don't have to pay, so you'll tell him. At least he'll find out. So the Gemara says, Wait a minute. So if you're telling me that we avoid pay, making you pay to incentivize you to say something... And even if you did it on purpose, you did it on purpose, we should also say you don't have to pay to incentivize you to say something. The answer is, The answer is, when you do it on purpose, you tell the guy. Right? That's the whole point. The reason why you did this on purpose is because you wanted to inflict damage. That's why you did it. So of course you're going to tell the guy. When it's by accident, you're trying to be a good guy, there's a chance he might be embarrassed. When you did it on purpose, you tell the guy anyway. That's the whole reason why you're doing it. Therefore, there's no reason to incentivize. So Chizki's opinion is the Hezek Shein and Nikr Shmei Hezek, and we're lenient by Shogi. Rabbi Yochanan has the opposite tape. Devarito on a biblical level, Echot Shogi Vecham Potter. Really, in both cases, you don't have to pay. My time, Hezek Shein and Nikr Lo Shmei Hezek. It's not considered a Hezek. Umatam Amr Mezek Chayiv. So how come if you did it on purpose, you're Chayiv? Shlei Kalechon Vechon Hoylech Umetame Taroisa Shachavere. Vayimer Potterani. So that everyone doesn't go around causing damage to other people's and saying, meaning they have to stop it if it's done amazing. Really, you're part of the gamri, but we had to put up a little bit of offense that people don't, doesn't go chaos. So when it's done on purpose, we stop you. Okay, so it's machlegas, whether hezek shenanikesh may hezek or losh may hezek. Tanan, it says in the Mishnah, another example of hezek shenanikesh is a kayan. He brings a carbon. There's a concept called pigle, which means that when he brings the carbon, if he has in mind that it's going to be burnt on the wrong day or eaten on the wrong day, it's puzzle. Now, that's a way of causing damage, because he just invalidated your carbon. Now, if he does that on purpose, so it says the Mishnah, If the Kayan made an offering, a pigle, if he did it on purpose, they have to pay. Vitania, Allah, and the Brisa says, why do they have to pay? So, stop. I would say, if it, if you hold Hezek, Shin, and Ikrish, Mehezek, they have to pay, because they have to pay. If you hold Hezek, Shin, and Ikrish, Mehezek, then it's a penalty. What does it say? It's to keep the benefit of society going. That implies the hezek shenanikar shmei hezek. I'm sorry, hezek shenanikar lo shmei hezek. That you don't have to pay at all. And they make you pay on purpose as a penalty. V'yamir hezek shenanikar shmei hezek. But if you say, like Chizkia, that hezek shenanikar shmei hezek, that really you have to pay by Beshogig and Bemezid. So it's you, the reason why you pay is not because of a society. You have to pay because you have to pay. If anything, according to that opinion, it's why you don't pay Beshogig is to help society. Right? If you hold Hezek Shin and Nikr Shmei Hezek, that means you always should pay, but for, to benefit society, when it's done b'me, b'shogeg, we're lenient with you. 
because we want people to incentivize you to tell the guy that you made the mistake. If you hold Hezek Shin and Loshme Hezek, then doing it on purpose is benefit society. So over here it says on purpose benefit society. So it's a Raya, Hezek Shin and Nicker, Loshme Hezek. Because if you hold Hezek Shin and Nicker, Shmei Hezek, that you really have to pay, it should say that you that when it says Tikkun Olam to benefit society, that's why you don't have to pay Beshogig. The Gemara says, no, that's what it means to say. When it's done on purpose, it's chayiv. When it's done accidentally, you don't have to pay. Why? Meaning, and really you should have to pay in all scenarios. So why don't you pay when it's done accidentally? To benefit society. Okay, another kasha. Masif Ravaloza, Ravaloza says a kasha. We know that you have Paraduma waters and. Uh, the paraduma itself, and then the the water for the ashes of the paraduma. Either one, if work is done with either one, so let's say you use that water uh, for work. I don't know, you you wash your hands, whatever. It's possible. And the paraduma itself, if you work it, you put a yoke on its back, whatever it is, it's also possible. The halacha is also malacha mechadas bars chadas. If you do malacha with it, so that's an example of hezek shen and nicker because you're mazik the person because you're rendering these items worthless. But there's no clear, decisive. It's not like it's not like you could tell. It's not like anyone can look and be like, "Oh, that water was used for malacha, or that paraduma was used for malacha." So what's the halacha if you did it? You're not going to have to pay in court. But in shemayim, you'll be punished. Wait a minute. If you're telling me that it's hezek shen nikr, it's shmei hezek, then why don't you have to pay in court? You should have to pay in court. If you hold that causing damage to someone in a way that's not clear is considered a full damage, then why don't you have to pay in court? So the Gemara answers, who most of The answer is, not every type, you're right, if it was a classic Hezek Shen and Nicker, you would have to pay in court. The case is, where the animal became disqualified, and the water became disqualified, where it wasn't even done by my actions. You see, I could do an action. Right? I could ride on a Paraduma's back, rendering it, Puzzle. That's a Hezek Shen Nicker, but because I did a Misa to do that, I would have to pay. The case over here is Bipara, with the Para, what's the case? Shechnisa Lurivka. You brought the Para into the pen, Amanasha Tinik, Vitadush, so that it suckles from its mother or so that it, it threshes. Now, I didn't put the thresh on the back, I didn't do anything, but I brought it in there. So the halacha is if you bring a Para Aduma into a pen and on its own it does work. So is it puzzle? So the the answer is it depends on your mindset. If you're happy that it did work, it's puzzle. If you're not, not. So this is within like a subcategory. Like this hesitation and nicker where at least you did a misa. Then this hesitation and nicker where it's your mindset. Because it's all my mindset, which is not even a misa, I don't have to pay. So hesitation and nicker in general, I do have to pay. But at least over there, I did a misa. It's a misa no one will see. Right? It's like I'm going to touch a dead body and I touch your apples. It's a misa. It's Hezekshin and Nicker because it's not like you could see, it's a spiritual damage, so it's not like you could see inflicted. But but at least I did a Maisa over here. That What disqualified it was my intention. Because it wasn't even a Maisa, I don't have to pay. Now, what about the water, the Chathas waters? What's an example? Similarly, Shashakam Ben Nishkalos, the case is where I weighed objects against it, meaning the water was on a scale. I put meat on the other side of the scale and I use the water as, as a counterweight. That also, because you're not actually doing an action with the water itself, that's only a problem because of your mindset. That's what it seems to be. Wait a minute. You're telling me that if I put weight on it as a counterbalance to the water, that's a problem? 
Hamarava, go to the next page. Mechata sheshakum mishkalos kshera. I thought it's actually kosher to do that. That's actually not considered an action at all. It's not considered malach at all. So the Gemara says lo kasha. Okay, you're right. Habagufan habikneged. In the case where you're where you would disqualify the waters, but you don't have to pay, is not where you use it as a counterweight, because that's actually fine. The case is where you used it as displacement. I put meat in the water, and the water moved over the way. That's called displacement. Right? If you want to know the weight of something, you, you could do counterweight, or you could put the actual water, something weight in the water, and the water spills out. Then you find out how much water spilled out. That's the case. So wait a minute. I don't have to pay, because we're looking for an example of where I disqualify it with my mindset. How is that? I actually did an action with the water itself. So we're looking for examples where it's a hezek shen where I didn't even do an action to do it. Like it was my mindset. Over here I put something in the water and used the displacement. I should have to pay. So the Gemara says, you're right. Both cases is where I used I really used it as a counterweight. I thought that's not a problem. The answer is low kasha. The halacha is that when it comes to paraduma waters, the pasuk says You have to watch it. Meaning, you can't be masiach das if you forget what it is or just completely forget about like the service of mechatas like tefillin. If you're masiach das, it's puzzle. So the case is where I use it as counterweight. What disqualified it was not the counterweight part. What disqualified is that while I was using it as counterweight, I forgot that it was mechatas. I partially forgot. I, I didn't do anything to it, but my mindset caused it to be disqualified. So because it's a disqualification, but it was due to my mindset that I didn't guard it, I, I, I wasn't like shoymer it properly, because it was done by his mindset, you don't have to pay. Okay? Masiv Rav Papa. Rav Papa has one last kasha on Hezek She'enu Nikr, and that is... Let's say you steal a coin. The halach is that if you steal an item, you have to return it. If you return it, you don't have to you don't have to pay anymore. Right? You, 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 you paid back. You return it. Now, all of these examples, um, all these examples, you stole an item, and then after you stole it, it lost its value. So, you stole a coin, and then after you stole it, it lost its circulation in the government, so it had no value. Or truma venitim, so you stole truma and it became tummy. Or chametz, you stole chametz before Pesach and then it, it became Pesach. So all these things, you stole an item, and then the item on its own became completely disqualified, it has no value. You could just return that item to the guy and say, I returned it. So if you steal chametz before Pesach, you could return it after Pesach, you would give the, the macaroni back to the guy. I returned it to you. And he's like, well, it has no value. Chametz, uh, it's chametz. And he's like, but so what? Now that's an example of Hezek Shein Onikr, right? Because you're mazik him in a way that no one would know, right? You stole chametz right before Pesach, and then Pesach happened. And yet, what does the Mishnah say? Now, if you hold Hezek Shein Onikr Shmei Hezek, why is that enough? The answer is, it must be a proof. Hezek Shein Onikr Lo Shmei Hezek. That really, if you damage something, you don't have to pay. So I'm allowed to return the item to you. To Yufta, that is a rejection of Chizkiah's opinion. Okay. So, fine. So we have a machlekes amiroyim, or whether hezek shen anikar shmei hezek. Fine. The Gemara says I have a kasha. I have limit katanoi. I think it's a machlekes tanoim. Again, whether hezek shen anikar shmei hezek or not. The Mishnah says like this. The Brisa says hametame, hamedame, v'amenaseach. These three examples. Echad shoged v'echad mezid chayiv. Whether you did it accidentally or on purpose, you're chayiv. Div Rav Now that kind of sounds like a Rav holds hezek shen anikar shmei hezek. That's what you're chayiv in all cases. 
What does Rav Yehuda say? B'shogik pot b'meizin chayiv. He says no. You only chayiv it's b'meizin, not b'shogik. So if you did b'shogik, it's a machlokes or meir Rav Yehuda. Rav Meir says chayiv like meizit. Rav Yehuda says potter. What's the machlokes about? My law b'hakem mifulgi. It must be mar saver hezek sheinu nicker shmei hezek. Umar saver lo shmei hezek. It must be that this is the machlokes of whether hezek sheinu nicker shmei hezek or not. If you hold hezek sheinu nicker shmei hezek, then. Uh, you'll be chayiv b'shogig as well. If it's lo shmei hezek, you're not chayiv b'shogig. That seems to be the machlokas. The Gemara says no. Amar Nachman Yitzchak, the kuli yalma hezek shen nikar lo shmei hezek. No, everyone agrees hezek shen nikar lo shmei hezek, and this is all a penalty. That's why you chayiv b'meizet. What's the machlokas about? The machlokas is a larger shaila, and that is that when something is a penalty and we penalize you b'meizet, do we also penalize you b'shogig? Are we gazrin and shogig atu meizet? Do we com- do we uh, do we say that if there's a penalty b'meizet, we'll penalize shogig as well? So really, everyone agrees hezek shen hezek. Everyone agrees that you're not actually obligated to pay, and it's all a penalty. So what's the machlokas about? The machlokas is, are, do we treat shogig as meizet? Very simply, when it comes to penalties. Mar Savar, the Mar Savar, Mar Savar, says we treat Shoging and Mazer as the same. Mar Savar, Lo Kansu Shogat Okay. Now here's the problem. We have a contradiction. Over here we're saying Rameir treats Shoging and Mazer as the same. Rabbi Huda does not treat it as the same. Here's the problem. We have the exact opposite opinions when it comes to Shabbos. We know that if you desecrate Shabbos on purpose, you're not allowed to benefit from that action. So you turn the lights on on purpose, you're not allowed to use those lights. You cook on purpose on Shabbos, you can't use it. The question is, what if you cook accidentally? Rameir's opinion is, it's fine. We do not treat Shoging and Mezid as the same. Rabbi Huda says, we, we do treat it as the same. So it's the exact opposite opinions. Over here, when it comes, when it comes to Hezek Shen and Nicker, the rabbis treat Shogi and Mezid the same according to Rameir. But when it comes to Chil Shabbos, they're not the same. What's the difference? The Gemara says, Rami de Rameir, the Rameir, Rami de Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbi Yehuda. We have a contradiction to Rameir and Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanya, as the Brisa says, Hamevashel b'Shabbos. If you cook on Shabbos and you desecrated the Shabbos, here's the halacha. Bishogig, if you did it accidentally, Yocha, you could eat it. Bemezid lo Yocha, if you did it on purpose, you can't eat it. Div Rameir, that's Rameir Shita, which is also Shita of Vilna Goy. So if according to Ashkenazim. If you accidentally mechal Shabbos, you could benefit from it. Rav Yehuda Oimer, meaning Shogi and are not the same. Rav Yehuda says Shogi Yoichel Matzei Shabbos. Rav Yehuda says like this: Both Shogi and are a problem. On Shogi, you could eat it after Shabbos, but not on Shabbos. Others could eat it on Shabbos, but uh, no. Shogi Yoichel Matzei Shabbos, Mezel Yoichel Lamis. So on Shab on Shabbos, no one could eat it. The Mezid, after Shabbos, you can't eat a Shagig, you could eat after Shabbos. But on Shabbos itself, whether Shagig or Mezid, it's a problem. So we treat Shagig and Mezid as the same. Rav Yechon Hassan Lerayimer, V'shagig Mo'yechon Lamatzei Shabbos L'acherim, V'loy Loy, V'yechon Hassan takes it a step further. Even Shagig, the person who did it himself, cannot eat it Matzei Shabbos. V'mezid L'yechon Lamas, and on Mezid, nobody can eat it. V'loy Loy, V'loy Acherim. Okay, so it's Rav Yechon Hassan Lerayimer. What do you have, though? Kashas are mayor, they're mayor. Kashas are either. You have a contradiction of mayor. When it comes to conceding Shagig to Mezid by Hezek Shen and Nikar, Rameir treats Shagig and Mezid as the same. But when it comes to Chil Shabbos, they're not the same. And Rav Yudh is the exact opposite. By Shabbos, by Shabbos, they are the same. But by Hezek Shen and Nikar, they're not the same. What's the difference? You know what the difference is? Chil Shabbos, we're dealing with Doraisa. Hezek Shen and Nikar, we're talking about Metamem, Damem, and Asech. These are all rabbinic prohibitions. So because they're all rabbinic penalties, that will be the distinction. They're a mayor, they're mayor like kasher. Mayor can make a lot of sense. Kikonis, when did the rabbis penal, penalize shogig and treat it like mezid? But they're 
when it deals with a rabbinic prohibition, like Hezek Shenonikar, which is only a rabbinic penalty. Right? Because on a biblical level, Hezek Shenonikar Loshme Hezek, which means the whole thing is Derabonon. So when it's Derabonon, they'll treat Shogin and Mezid as the same. But when it comes to Chil Shabbos, which is Doraisa, Lokanis, that's the distinction. So a mayor only treats Shogamesa the same when it's derabonon. So that's metame, medame. What about menaseach? If menaseach is actually doing idolatry, then that's doraisa. That's mezid. That's that's doraisa. So why, why, you should treat Shogamesa as the same. I ha menaseach doraisi v'kakanis. Menaseach is doraisa. Meaning, when it comes to Chil Shabbos, because it's Doraisa, we don't treat it the same. People understand Shogig is one thing, Mezid is the other. You don't, people are not going to lead to do Chil Shabbos Doraisa, Mezid. That, that, that's too much. When it's Durabona, we have to be strict. I'm in Aseach is Doraisa, and they do treat it the same. That's because Avodazar is so severe, they're strict. But in general, by Doraisa, we're not conceding Shogig to Mezid. Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, also the answer is very simple. Kilo Kanis, when does Rav Yehuda say that Derabonon and Deraisa, Shogig and Mezid are not the same? That's by Hezek Shenonikar because it's Derabonon, the opposite. But Deraisa Kanis, when it comes to Deraisa, he's strict. So our mayor is only strict Derabonon, Rav Yehuda only strict Deraisa. I am an Asech Deraisa of a Lake Kanis. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that Rav Yehuda is only strict by Deraisa? By Deraisa? Min Asech is Deraisa and he's not strict. The answer is. The answer is. Avodazar is so severe. And he reviewed this strict by Doraisas because he wants to protect the biblical prohibitions. He doesn't want people to make mistakes and do shogig as well. But Avodazar is so severe that people will naturally be afraid. And therefore there's no concern. Now wait a minute. Right now we're saying that Ramir is, is, is lenient by Doraisas that he's not kind of shogig out That's why Shab is, which is Doraisa, he's not kind of shogig out Here's the problem. By Shavias he is. Shemitah is Daraisa, and he is. Gemara says, I have a contradiction from Meir. Detanya, Hanota B'Shavis. If you plant trees on Shavis, which is a biblical form of Daraisa, Chil Shavis, B'Shogigikayim. If you did it accidentally, you can keep the trees. B'Mezid Yaker. If you did it on purpose, you have to uproot. Why? Because by Daraisa, there's a difference in Shogig and Mezid. B'Shemitah, when it comes to Shemitah, B'Ein B'Shogig, B'Mezid Yaker. By Shemitah, because it's Daraisa, you have to uproot it. Wait a minute. What's the difference in Shabbos and Shemitah? Rav Yehuda Omer, B'Shviyas, B'Shogig Yikai, Mezid Yaker, B'Shabbos, Ben B'Shogig, Mezid Yaker. Rav Yehuda says, when it comes to Shabbos, it doesn't matter, you have to uproot it. When it comes to Shemitah, if you did accidentally, it's fine. Daraisa, it's a, a, a Mezid, it's not fine. So wait a minute. So you see that there's a contradiction. You're telling me that Rav Meir is not kind of Shagot to Mezid by Daraisa, but by Shemitah he is. So the Gemara says, forget about a broader Shiloh. The actual Bryce itself doesn't make any sense. The Bryce says that Amayr addresses that Shemitah, we are going to be more lenient. I'm sorry, Shemitah, we're going to be strict. Shabbos, we're going to be lenient. What's the difference? They're both Daraisas. What's the difference between Shemitah and Shabbos? They're both Daraisas. What's the difference between Shabbos and Shemitah? How come by Shemitah we're very strict and by Shabbos we're more lenient? The answer is, we'll end with this. The answer is over there, it's simple. The Bryce itself gives you the difference. What's the difference? What's the difference between Shabbos and Shemitah? How come by Shabbos we're makel b'shoigig, that if you plant a tree b'shoigig, you can keep it. But by Shemitah, we're not. The answer is, when people calculate the age of the tree, they calculate it from when was the last time Shemitah happened. So, 
right? Because trees, you have to know the age for, for Orla and for Netaravai. So they, they always say like, oh, it was planted the second year of Shemitah. Okay, I'll know this. So they always say, when was that tree planted? Second year, third year, fourth year. Because it was planted on Shemitah. You see, if you if you plant a tree on Shabbos, okay, it's a bad thing to do, but it's not like anyone's going to learn from your action. People forget it. Therefore, we can be Mekel B'Shagik. But by Shemitah, everyone knows when trees are planted. So people go over and be like, when was that tree planted? They're like, uh, three years ago. Three years ago was Shemitah. It was planted on Shemitah. Well, I guess you can plant trees on Shemitah. Because it'll always come back, It'll people will always remember when it was planted, and they'll remember it was planted during the year of Shemitah. You have to be strict. That's the distinction. We'll end with this, and the Gemara will clarify tomorrow. Another reason, uh, Jews were suspected of violating Shemitah and not violating Shabbos. Therefore, they were more strict on Shemitah than Shabbos. Tomorrow we'll analyze it further. We'll stop here.